Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. With each mortgage-free home, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. Heroes that put their lives on the line for all of us, risking their lives for our country and our communities. These heroes need your help now more than ever. Help America's heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And welcome in, everybody, for another edition of the Hilo Sports Podcast. It is DJ joined by Kelsey, and we're starting to get to the nitty-gritty part of the sports season here as well, too. We've had some real memorable moments the last couple of weeks, and Kelsey, it, we're just getting started. Yeah, it's been a crazy couple of weeks since the NFL draft, and we had all of last week, and now we have the NBA playoffs coming up. NHL playoffs are getting started. Uh, it's just an exciting time for for all sports all around, and baseball is getting into the, the the rough stress of things right before the All-Star game, which is perfect because we got the, the NBA playoffs, MLB All-Star game, and then we get the second half of the season. And then we have NFL, which the schedule was just released today, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later. And you did mention the NFL schedule, which we're going to get to in our leadoff segment here, brought to you by Fanatics. And before we jump in there, Kelsey, you want to tell us a little bit about Fanatics real quick? Yeah, guys, if you guys haven't checked out Fanatics.com yet, definitely go do so. It is the one-stop shop for all of your sports goods and all your team jerseys and apparel, which means, by the way, the NBA playoffs are coming up. You got to rep your team. It's just that simple. You got to help support your team in the playoffs. It's the time to speak your existence. So go over there, head over to Fanatics.com. The link is in our bio and go get yourself a new jersey. 
And by the way, NFL schedules just released. Might as well go get your brand new rookie uniforms before they step filled. I know those Bengals fans, you're ready with those brand new uniforms to get that number number one, Jamar Chase. And by the way, got to get those new numbers for all these players changing to single digits. Absolutely, too. It's going to be the jersey sale industry, I imagine, is going to spike up pretty good unless they're going to let you swap them out for free. But after last year, I think they got to collect all the cheese you can, too. So the jersey sale industry is about to boom. But you mentioned, too, it is NFL season. It's always NFL season year round. And we got the regular season schedule released today. We know who everyone is playing and when they're playing. We both got some opinion. Last one. First thing I'm going to go to you, Kelsey. What are some games that stick out to you? Let's start with the very first game of the season, of course. The Cowboys traveling to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. So this new build Cowboys team, rebuilding defense, younger offensive line, gets to take on the 22 starter returning Super Bowl champs. Yeah, talk about a uh, a tough break for a team that had a tough break last year. Um, unfortunately, quite literally with with Dak's ankle, and then now you have them taking on the Buccaneers here in, in Week One. A Buccaneers team who, like you just said, returned every starter and just got better because of the draft and the Cowboys. I mean, whew. Uh, yeah, good luck. You're going against Tom Brady coming off of a Super Bowl win on the Super Bowl celebration day in Tampa Bay with all of those fans. It doesn't look good. <laughs> it doesn't look good for the Cowboys in that one. That's going to be a rough one for sure. Uh, but that week one schedule, there is a ton of big hitters. I mean, we talk about Sam Darnold returning along with Robbie Anderson to face those Jets. Or, well, sorry, those Jets are coming to visit them in Carolina in their new home. And that's that looks like a really good game. I don't know about you, DJ, but I'm, I know I'll be tuning in for that one. You know, you mentioned week one, and I'm just going to get right into it with what I looked at when I saw the schedule. I started at the very top. Instead of starting from the bottom to get here, I started from the top to work my way down. And week one, they did not disappoint. We mentioned the Cowboys Buccaneers. That's arguably the, the most, that is the most, the team that's worth the most money versus the defending Super Bowl champions. That's just looking down line. You got the Seahawks versus the Colts, two playoff teams that are expected to return to playoffs next year, too. Carson Wentz, first time with his new team, getting a home debut against. The last team he played in, the only team he's ever played in the playoffs, the Seahawks. If you remember, he got knocked out of that game by Jadavian Clowney basically spearing his head into the ground. So that's an interesting first game First game for that both teams, really. Seahawks getting to not really able to change their team a whole lot because no draft picks, not a whole lot of free agency. But you, but that's kind of what happens when you trade for Jamal Adams. So that's an interesting matchup of two Battle Royale teams. Jaguars-Texans, kind of a blunder bowl there, but we get to see Trevor Lawrence's debut against a team in theory on paper he should be able to look pretty good against early on. So, I mean, we'll we'll talk more Jaguars coming up, I'm sure. Yeah. Eagles-Falcons, that's really intriguing because Jalen Hurts' first time starting. And then you got Kyle Pitts, like a team that really doesn't guard the tight ends in the Eagles. I mean, that we'll see how that offense breaks out. Chargers-Washington, that Washington defense against this new rebuilt Chargers offensive line with Justin Herbert in year two. Oh boy. And the Chargers, knock on wood, are not probably won't be as injured this year as they have been, or at least week one they should be healthy enough. We'll see. And we'll get a and week of, of uh, we'll get a week of Fitz Magic that week, too. Exactly. So that's always gonna be fun. Steelers, Bills. The talk about a banger of two teams that really when the Bills beat the Steelers last year, that was kind of their coming out party when everyone's like, Oh yeah, they're legit. We know they're winning a lot of games, but who are they beating? We remember the Titans absolutely torched them after the COVID bowl and all that. Oh, wait, what they did that to the Steelers? Oh, yeah, the Bills are legit. So a rematch here as well, too. We get to see both teams. Not a whole lot of change in the offseason, at least not a whole lot of additions, but we'll get to see both these teams bouncing back against each other. 49ers-Lions, we'll see. I don't think Trey Lance is going to play, so not a whole lot there. You expect the 49ers to be comfortable there. Vikings-Bengals, 
I don't think Joe Burrow is going to be back week one. I haven't seen anything on that necessarily. We'll see how that goes. If not, you get Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and Joe Burrow, if he's healthy, all in the same field again. That's in, That'll be interesting as well. Jets, Panthers, you mentioned it. Sam Darnold getting a chance to go right back at his former team. And then Zach Wilson against that revamped defense that continues to get better. J.C. Horn now to go with Derek Brown and Jeremy Chin. Like, that's an up-and-coming defense. Cardinals, Titans. The Titans, a playoff team last year. Derrick Henry, 2,000-yard rusher that nobody talked about. And then the Cardinals, a team that probably should have been in the playoffs last year, but they've kind of started to fall down a little bit. The Monday night game, the Ravens and the Raiders, two potential playoff teams. We'll have to see what the Raiders do. That's an intriguing matchup. Packers-Saints, the Saints' first game without Drew Brees. Aaron Rodgers, if he plays, if he doesn't. If not, we got Jordan Love and Jameis Winston, the who-would-have-thought matchup. Yeah. Just go. And then, of course, you got the Dolphins-Patriots. Brian Flores going against... Bill Belichick again, the new look Patriots, the new look Dolphins. That's fun. Broncos Giants. That's an intriguing one. Both teams kind of rebuilding Bears Rams last year. That game was not competitive. We'll see what happens this year with Andy Dalton. If Justin Fields gets in. And of course, in my opinion, arguably the main event of the week one, the Browns taking on the chiefs, two teams that met in the divisional round last year came within a third and 14 and a fourth and one by Chad Henney of possibly seeing the Browns head the AFC championship depending. And I think getting a rematch with this rebamped Chiefs offensive line, we have not that not a lot of people have talked as much about, but that went from a weakness to a strength. Like they could really just go into a game and beg, Clyde, you're getting 20 carries, pound the rock, and walk away with 150 yards, and not just because the team's playing quarters coverage, because that offensive line can maul. Then Miles Garrett, Jadavian, Clowney, and that rebuilt Browns defense on top of it. And we already know what the teams have offensively defense. That's a banger of a matchup, too. So week one. The NFL got it right. And Kelsey, you're going to go through the rest of the schedule and point out some other bangers too. But holy cow, week one, I'm going to have to take a couple days off to recover from this. Yeah, that's this is the same matchup. When you talk about that Chiefs team, they're also getting Lauren DeVernier-Tardif back. And, and that's, a, that's a big add for that line as well because he'll be returning from actually battling COVID on the front lines as a MD because, by the way, he is an MD. So get, him that, man, get that man an MD on the back of his jersey is what I want to see when we, in week one for that game as well. He deserves that recognition. Uh, but, yeah, looking forward to week two, man. There's even more games. You talked about the Dolphins in week one against the Patriots, but what about the Dolphins versus the Bills in week two in Miami? I mean, we talked about two teams competing for that AFC East title. That's going to be a good one. And then that same week, Patriots versus Jets. We're going to see Zach Wilson take on the Sith Lord in Bill Belichick and his defensive creations. I, I can't wait for those. And also, this one's more of a personal kind of just favorite just because I think it's funny. Uh, is the Rams-Colts matchup in Indy. Matt Stafford, for all intents and purposes, was a Colt until he wasn't a Colt because <laughs> the Lions asked for so much. Um, so that's a very those are some very interesting matchups. And then also, the, 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 the probably the biggest one this weekend uh, for Week 2 is going to be this Chiefs-Ravens game. Yet again, we see Lamar taking on Patty in a Week 2 matchup, and I think that's going to be a fantastic one. Um, moving on to Week 3, there's some really good ones as well. You talked about the Bears, whether we'll see Justin Fields. I think by week three, we probably will see him. And they just so happen to be going against the Browns. And that might be his first start. So his first start might be against Miles Garrett and that terrifying Browns defense, which could be. Don't do that to him. Don't do that to him, Nagy. At least wait till week four. Yeah, that could be that could be absolutely terrifying. But you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if we, if we do see that. Um, that would be a very good game. Uh, Joe Burrow should be back by week three. And they, by the way, happen to be playing the Steelers that week. So the Bengals-Steelers is a good matchup to watch as well. Uh, and then, and then at the, at kind of the pinnacle of all pinnacles, 
Uh, for the NFC trash can East, the Eagles and Cowboys take a Monday night game in Dallas. Uh, should be a very intriguing one there as well. And we also see the re, re, re coming of the Packers 49ers rivalry as they take on in Sunday night football that week as well. So that's a very intriguing one because do we see Aaron? Maybe. Do we see Trey Fields? Maybe. If not, we see Trey Lance versus Jordan Love, maybe. Oh, that, that could be that? Ooh, that could be a very intriguing one as well. It could be that could be a lot of fun. Um, for sure. Week three, uh, but moving on to week four, week four has a very interesting matchup. It's probably not gonna be a good game. It depends on if Joe Burrow is healthy. Obviously, as as I mentioned, he should be back by week three. If he's not, this game doesn't mean as much. But the Bengals take on the Jaguars on Thursday night football, and that sees the previous two number one picks and two of the best quarterbacks we've seen out of college recently taking each other on, and that's the Jaguars versus the Bengals. That should be a very, very good game. Uh, There's Colts, a whole lot of Clemson in that game, too. Like, my goodness. <laughs> exactly. The, the tackle recently drafted, T, Higgins, Lawrence, ETN. My goodness. That is, that's Clemson RS with a side of LSU. Oh, 100%. That should be a very good game. Also, that week, Colts-Dolphins during a noon game on Saturday. That'll, be, that'll probably be an underrated matchup between those two, but I think that could be a lot of fun. You talk about the defense from the Colts and also the defense from the from the Dolphins and what they can both do that secondary for the Dolphins is going to be a huge challenge for Carson Wentz and we're really going to see early on how good he can do in this Colts team pretty much by week they've had three bangers basically back to back to back to they've had three (laughs) 10 win teams to start off their season too so Colts are we'll see if Carson Wentz's feelings if he's good he's going to find out right out of the gate because it's going to be a rough start to the season by the looks of it especially with Eric Fisher the recently signed left tackle he's probably not going to be playing those games so Chips away, chips ahoy is probably what you're going to have to do on that left tackle side. No doubt. And then the NFC West, NFC West begins their conference play in that week as well. So the Seahawks Niners take each other on, which is always a good game. It's always usually decided by inches. And the Cardinals take on the New Look Rams, which should be very fun because you have J.J. Watt on one side, Aaron Donald on the other. You have Kyler Murray versus Matt Stafford and all of the other pieces. And not just let's just not forget DeAndre Hopkins versus Jalen Ramsey, Ramsey in that one. And that's always a fun matchup. And then probably the biggest game for Sunday night. I don't know why this isn't the Monday night game, but this is a Sunday night game and it is the Buccaneers heading to Foxborough to take on the Patriots and Tom Brady returns to face the other Sith Lord in Bill Belichick because Tom Brady is his own Sith Lord or maybe he thinks he's his own Luke Skywalker. I'm not really sure yet, Uh, but you know what? That should be a absolutely fantastic matchup. And it's really interesting to consider how the, the Patriots fan base who should be in full voice during that game will react to seeing their savior return home along with Gronkowski. So that's, I imagine they're going to get some like good, maybe not as maybe a standing ovation, but as soon as the game starts, it's you sack that man. Now one of you new Patriot defenders, you go get that man. But I think that you're going to get the standing ovation, the video tribute, all that sort of thing. And you mentioned too, like the Sith Lord battle basically as well too. (laughs) What if Bill Belichick wins this matchup? Then what do they say about Tom? And then what if Tom wins it? What do they say about him afterwards? Like, there's a lot. There's a lot of things that the players probably don't care about as much, but a lot of things that we get to look at and have fun with as well, too. Yeah, I, I look forward to this matchup. It should be fun. And even though it's a Sunday night football game, that's the downside. Is Chris Collinsworth is going to be trending on Twitter no matter what happens because he's going to say something silly this whole game. So we uh, might have to do this podcast just to, just for the other people who have a new set of ears. Yeah, definitely. And and yeah, it's, it'll be rough. Chris Collinsworth is always a rough listen, but you know what? We'll we'll make we'll make up for it, guys. Don't worry. He's um, really good when it's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. I'll give him that. But when there's a Hall of Fame quarterback, he goes a little bonkers. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now, moving to week five. Week five is kind of a boring week, in my opinion. I don't really enjoy a lot of the games in this one up until Sunday and Monday night. I'll be completely honest. Because Sunday night, oh, let's just have a, a battle between who can throw it through how many stadiums at once. Because we have Josh Allen and this Bills team heading to Kansas City to face Patty Mahomes. And I'm sorry, if I don't see two 60-yard bombs in this game, I'm going to be disappointed. It's just fast. Well, now that you've got their left-handed bombs out of the way, I want to see them throwing 90 yards with their right arms now. Like, <laughs> my goodness, I don't want to throw in competition halftime or I'm not turning the game off. Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be so fun to watch. I mean, it, it, that, that game by itself on Sunday night. But the Monday, my, my Monday night game might be even more intriguing. And that involves the Colts heading to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Not only is this a semi-rivalry considering the history of the franchises, but then you also include the fact you have that staunch Colts defense going up against Lamar in this. Can they pass or will they run all day long on you, Ravens team? And let's not forget the Colts also have a great run team. So this is going to be a very good matchup top to bottom. I mean, everywhere you look at this, the Ravens, obviously their defensive line could could help out and influence this game one way or the other, but it's going to be down to how good can Carson Wentz handle again? Another pressure situation. We talk about this Colts. They probably have the hardest early stretch of the season out of everybody. I'm not sure on the strength of schedule as far as where they've ranked yet, but you know what? It's got to be in the top five at the very least so far because this is fantastic. Strength of schedule is always kind of loopy too. Strength of schedule is always kind of a mess because it's always this team has the easy schedule and they go three and 13 because suddenly those not so easy teams were like, oh, they're good now. When you play yeah. Jacksonville twice last year, that'll kind of that'll boost your strength of schedule the next season a lot. Same with the Houston too. Exactly. Yeah. It 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 it, it depends on how teams turn out and you know and and who they play. Um, moving on to Week Six though, there's an underrated matchup in this one that I really enjoy. There's actually two underrated matchups, and that's Chiefs versus this Washington football team that noon on on Saturday, because you have Patty in that offensive line, that newly rebuilt offensive line versus this young hungry Washington football team defense offensively Washington obviously will have some work to do but defensively I think it's safe to say that this is going to be a great matchup to watch when the Chiefs are on offense versus Washington on defense uh, that's going to be absolutely exciting down in and down out um, I, I know I'm looking forward to that one for sure and then also the other one being the Cardinals taking on the Browns that weekend and that's a 305 game so that's the after or the midday game I, I just love this matchup on paper. You talk about Miles Garrett, J.J. Watt on the other side. You have Kyler. Can Miles slow, slow him down? You also have Baker. Can J.J. slow him down? And then, we, you know, you get into this whole, like, well, what about the running games? Oh, by the way, the running games are getting pretty good for both these teams as well. So that should be interesting as well. I and mean, there's a whole lot of part, parts to this that, that is just going to be a whole lot of fun. And we might get to see Zayvon Collins versus J.O.K. in the linebacker matchup of guys who potentially could have been picked in the first round. JOK obviously mentioned, drafted in the second round. But that's a very interesting matchup for me because we get to see two of the what were top-rated linebackers in this last draft face off against each other. So that should be very fun. But week seven, uh, jumping forward in this one, there's a couple of games here and there that are interesting. But I go back to this Jets-Patriots game. It's game two of the series this year. And that should be that should really tell us where Zach Wilson is. And that should also tell us how Cam Newton is doing for the Patriots because maybe we might see Mac Jones by now. Maybe we see Jarrett Stidham. I'm not sure. But the big one for me this weekend, I'm ignoring the Colts 49ers game because I feel like I've talked about the Colts enough so far. So I'm ignoring that one. I want to go to the Lions heading to L.A. to face their old compatriot, Matt Stafford, here in Week 7. I This is going to be 
I don't know. This is one that's going to kind of tear me up a little bit because I, if it would be different, it was going to Detroit. That would really tear me up. But seeing Matt Stafford playing for the Rams at home at SoFi Stadium versus this Lions team coming in, he knows this team in and out. You want to get some every day in practice. Obviously, it's a new scheme, but it should be a very fun game to watch. And if nothing else, it'll be just one of those games to kind of remember for Matt Stafford down the road. And you guys have watched football over the last 20 years. You probably like Matt Stafford somewhat, unless you happen to be an NFC North fan. So that's that's really my big game for this week um, is that Lions-Rams game in week seven. That's a really big one for me. Um, now, week eight, Dolphins-Bills rematch, part two. Titans-Colts take, take each other on for the first time. Both very good games. But the Patriots versus the Chargers, we saw Justin Herbert really take a step out last season when they took on the Patriots. And now the Patriots come on, come come to L.A. and take on the Chargers at home. And I can't be more excited. I want to see what Justin Herbert can do against a full-strength Patriots defense. Now getting all these guys back from COVID list, that should be a very fun game. Really. Absolutely, too. And the Patriots terrorized him last year. I mean, the only game of his career he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in. So, you know, Justin Herbert in the back of the head is like, I want that smoke. Come on, Bill. I want that Sith Lord smoke. Absolutely. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun in that one. Uh, week nine, we get to see the Browns-Bengals, which should be a very good matchup if everybody is healthy. Uh, I do like that one. But the Patriots-Panthers game is also a sneaky good one in this one because, again, like I mentioned, you see a lot of the Patriots see where they're at with Cam Newton, but he's also returning to Carolina to play the Panthers. And that could be a lot of fun if he is still starting by then. And we talk about Sam Darnold and seeing ghosts. Well, the team that he sees ghosts against a lot is the Patriots. And now he has an offensive line to protect him. So that should be a very interesting matchup there. Um, from all standpoints, and that should be a lot of fun. And then also another one this week, the Packers-Chiefs on Sunday. Uh, if we see Aaron Rodgers, it's a Patty Mahomes-Aaron Rodgers game. And if we don't see Aaron Rodgers, it's a Jordan Love versus Patty Mahomes game. And that by itself is pretty intriguing as well because you'll get to see what Jordan Love was being compared to in the draft. A lot of people compared him to Patty Mahomes for some reason or another. I still don't understand that comparison, but a lot of people did. So we'll get to see if that comparison rings true by literally comparing a to B right there on the field. So that could be very, very interesting in week nine. Um, now week 10, it, we're getting into that stretch of the schedule where things start to go just like everybody's getting their bye week and things are happening here and there. It's not the most fantastic games week in and week out, but I do want to bring up this one because last time they played in this matchup, the Chiefs lost, and that's the Chiefs Raiders in Oakland. That should just be a lot of fun because it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rivalry in conference. And then at the same time, this Raiders team is not bad. And what they've done in the draft looks pretty good. But this rivalry is ever, always one that I never want to turn the TV off on. For some reason, no matter how good the Chiefs are, or no matter how good the Raiders are and how bad the other team is, this is always a close game. Raiders fan could probably attest to that a little more than I can even. Chiefs fans as, as, as well could probably attest to that even more. I think that's a fantastic matchup. Um, and that'll be the Sunday night game. And also earlier on Sunday, there is the Browns-Patriots, which just by itself is just a good matchup on paper. Um, and you mentioned the Raiders the Chiefs, too. This will be the first time in their new Vegas stadium they'll have fans in with the Chiefs, too. So, like, last year when they took on the Chiefs, they didn't have the chance to have their home, fields, home field fans yelling, cheering, hopefully in that Death Star-like stadium. This will be the first time they get to actually do that. So you have to imagine that the Raider Nation is going to show up for that one, especially if the Raiders are doing well by this point, kind of like they were last year when they took on the Chiefs. Let's if you hypothetically say both teams are doing well, they're going to show up and show up, show out in that new stadium in spite of those $1,700 tickets or whatever ridiculous price they're going to be. Yeah, absolutely. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, but moving on to week 11, uh, the Colts-Bills one is a big one that stands out early on on Sunday for me because that's the playoff game. That's literally the game that knocked the Colts out. 
and they were only, I'd say, five plays away from potentially knocking the Bills out in the playoffs. A failed fourth down and goal conversion, and who knows? I mean, like like you mentioned, that's a heck of a rematch, too. And it's two different teams. By this point, Eric Fisher will be healthy for the Colts, you'd imagine, too, so they'll have the full offensive line intact on paper. Carson Wentz will have a let 10 games under his belt with this squad. You've, they've gone through a ringer. The Bills, like, it. this is a fun match. This has playoff implication feelings already in, into it it's this is this is a good one on paper if both teams do what we expect them to do yeah to be fair I, I don't think this should be a noon game on Saturday I think this one should be a later game but maybe even the Monday night game considering the Monday night is Giants Buccaneers but I'll leave that alone I don't want to talk about that yeah that well, has uh written all over like that has like <laughs> that looks like it's gonna be a real match. the Sunday night game though that's kind of intriguing to say the least yeah Steelers Chargers is pretty good but really the one that I'm looking at that is a little bit earlier is actually the Cowboys Chiefs because this one, given that everything that Dak has done on the field for the Cowboys when he's healthy and all these yards and all these numbers he puts up, and this Chiefs team and how great and explosive this offense can be for the Chiefs, and both teams' weakness seemingly being their defense, I can't wait to see a shootout in Kansas City between these two teams. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this isn't going to be a shootout. But it's you know gonna what? be a ten three game now because you said this. <laughs> it's gonna, <laughs> this, gonna be this a wonderful. This has all of the makings of being a Fun, 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 fun game to watch uh, for all those people involved. And that's that to me means a lot more. Uh, but then week 12, we get to Thanksgiving. The Thanksgiving games. We have Bears-Lions matching up on Thanksgiving. Raiders-Cowboys on Thanksgiving, which should be a good game. And Bills-Saints on Thanksgiving, which as well should be a pretty good game. A lot of interesting matchups there. Like uh, Obviously, the Bears-Lions, that's the historic one. I feel like they always match up every Thanksgiving at this point in time. I'm used to it. The Cowboys also always play on Thanksgiving. However, they're playing the Raiders in Thanksgiving on this time at this time. And that is a very interesting matchup because that's two teams that John Gruden might hate the Cowboys more than anybody, any other coach in the league. I just think that might, every time I see him talk about the Cowboys, it's never good. So I think that could be a very interesting matchup from that standpoint because she got John Gruden and hopefully have a pass rusher to try to get after Dak in this one um, because the Raiders, they always pre play pretty well on Thanksgiving and the Cowboys. Well, we'll see how they can do. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna not gonna hold out any hope if uh, if you're a Cowboys fan out there. Don't don't hold hope that you'll beat the Raiders on Thanksgiving Day. Anything is possible. Uh, but also this weekend we do see a matchup of the Colts and Buccaneers, Super Bowl champions versus, well, what should be a pretty good defense as well, and probably at this point in time in the season might be the top two defenses as well in the in the league, and that could be a, a very interesting matchup from that standpoint. Also that weekend, Chargers-Broncos, a very good matchup. And Browns-Ravens, again, a very good matchup. So there's a lot of good matchups that Thanksgiving weekend. A lot of fun all across the board uh, from stop. And for the Browns, too. They play the Ravens. They go Ravens by week Ravens. So this, yeah. they, this is their first crack at it into basically eight straight quarters against the Ravens for them. Absolutely. Yeah, it should be a whole lot of fun from that reason. But then the Ravens aren't done. Week 13, they take on these Steelers and I'm sorry but I'm excited for this matchup every single time it happens because of what these teams both are and again as I mentioned with the Chiefs Raiders game earlier this is the same exact way with this game because it's dirty it's a December game it's in Pittsburgh it's gonna be windy it's probably gonna be snowing it's just gonna be absolutely ugly conditions and the game is gonna be fun to watch that's just how every Raven Steelers game goes in Pittsburgh late in the year I love every Ooh, single moment and then also this weekend, the set, the Monday night game, the Patriots versus the Bills. 
I don't need to say anymore. Josh Allen versus the Sith Lord. That should be a whole lot of fun. Um, as as you can tell, I have a lot of interest. With the Patriots getting fully healthy, I, the Patriots in some of these games are a lot more interesting to watch now that they are fully healthy. Um, now, week 14 is where things start to get a little fun. We see the second game of the Raiders-Chiefs this weekend. But then also the Bills versus the Buccaneers, which for me is my game to watch this weekend because that's a whole lot of fun right there. Josh Allen on offense versus that dynamic Buccaneers defense is going to be insane to watch because they can do everything well defensively. But let's not sleep on the Bills defense. They can do everything well, and they'll be taking on this incredible offense for the for the Buccaneers. And it's a pick-you-apart pick, pick type of offense. Can the Bills on defense stay patient enough to handle this Tom Brady offense of the Buccaneers is going to be what the real big question is. And on the on the on the reverse side, can the Buccaneers be disciplined enough to not allow a Stephon Diggs or anybody else from this receiving core to get open deep over the top for Josh Allen to hit on a 60-70 yard bomb? So there's a lot to be be made there for that Bills Buccaneers matchup. That's a whole lot of fun built into one game, really. Um, now moving to Week 15, this is, might be a little underrated matchup, but it's an old school matchup. And it's a TBD matchup, really, which is even more fun because they they're, they're flexing it. They're not just they haven't decided exactly what time this game will happen. But it's a Patriots Colts game, and this is like I said, it's a throwback matchup. It is the rivalry of all AFC fans, nightmares or dreams, depending on which side of the the, the fanship you're on. Um, I enjoy this matchup every single time it happens, and it happens to be in the dome in Indy this time. And that evens out the odds between this Indy and, and New England game because in the Dome, they were usually 50-50 split down the road or down, down the way with this rivalry. In New England, it was a whole different story. So this would be a lot of fun uh, from top to bottom in Week 15 with that Patriots-Colts game. It depends on where they, they let it fall, though, time-wise. That'll decide a whole lot about that game for sure. Uh, but no other really games really look out for me. Obviously, it's a lot of matchup games for your conference. Um, we see the Seahawks-Rams, Vikings-Bears, Saints-Buccaneers. Cowboys Giants playing that weekend all good games but I don't think they're as good as that Colts and Patriots game can be on paper um, which to me means a little more and week 16 is probably my most exciting matchup because it sees the Giants and Eagles take each other on for the very first time since that incident and if you guys don't know what I'm referring to well Doug Peterson pretty much throwing the game and making sure that the Giants couldn't advance in the to the playoffs, and the Washington football team advanced instead. So he, the Eagles threw the game against the Washington football team. The Giants could not advance because of that, because of the, how bad every team was. And you're going to see a little bit of a rivalry here from the Giants-Eagles renewed, um, and I'm really excited for that one, especially with it being Week 16 on Christmas Eve. A lot of fun. But to back up a little bit, there are two Christmas Day games. They see the Browns versus the Packers. Incredible matchup on paper. If we see Aaron Rodgers, it's even better. And the Colts versus Cardinals game, which should be a lot like the Bills-Cardinals game was last season. Uh, it's a whole lot of fun in that one. And just to really quickly wrap this up, Week 17, whole lot of good games. But I look at that Vikings-Packers and the Browns-Stillers game as a really as really the top two games with them being Sunday, Monday night. It, it, it's fitting. Um, and Week 18, the Jets-Bills, that's it always a quality game. Could decide the that division. Patriots-Dolphins also deciding that division. But then at the end of it, Raiders-Chargers, give me the classic rivalry. I'll let it finish with that one. So that's how I see this, this schedule wrapping up. Obviously, there's a whole lot of games here that can be involved, but there's a whole lot of fun involved as well. Absolutely, too. It's a busy season, and the best part about this time of year is 
everybody, every team on that list is good until proven otherwise, basically for one reason or another, the bad teams got new players. The good teams are still good. The middle teams improved or decreased. Like until proven otherwise, every single one of these teams is a Super Bowl contender, quote unquote. And that makes these matchups that much more intriguing. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a lot of fun top to bottom. NFL schedule releases. One of those Christmases in, in May, if you will. There's a whole lot of a whole lot of boxes done box that one. Absolutely too. There's a whole lot of packages in there too. So that'll do it for the NFL part of this. And now we're gonna transition to our fourth quarter segment. That'll be the NBA. We're gonna give a quick shout out to Dr. Squatch, our soap company sponsor, smell like a man, feel like a champion. All the good, all the good stuff for your skin, no harsh chemicals. The deodorant smells absolutely amazing. They even got a pine tar scented one for baseball as well, too. They have everything you need to basically, no matter what happens, you smell absolutely great. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Dr. Spots is one of those fantastic brands for that reason. Um, but yeah, moving forward and looking at this NBA standings right now, we are getting into the playoff stretch. We have, I believe, three games left for everybody. Uh, two games if you're the Lakers, but we are down to the nitty gritty. We are right there and it is almost play in tournament time. And these season, these standings are absolutely packed looking at it top to bottom. Uh, right now, the play in for the Eastern Conference Boston Celtics have clinched play in. Charlotte Hornets have clinched play-in. Indiana Pacers have clinched play-in. The only team that has yet to clinch their play-in game is the Wizards, who are two and a half games ahead of the Bulls for that 10 seed. Looks for all intents and purposes like they will still make it. But that Western Conference right now for the play-in tournament is insane. Right now, still eligible for the play-in tournament. You have the Trailblazers. You have the Mavericks. You have the Lakers battling for to get out of the play-in game. They're just battling for a sixth seed. The Blazers and, and Mavericks are tied right now, both at 41-29 on the season, and the Lakers are two games behind them at 39-30. and 30. They're actually wrapping up a game as we speak right now. They just wrapped up the game against the Lakers or against the, the Rockets where they did win. So they are now 40-30, and 30, one game behind these teams. And that's a, that's a very interesting battle because the Lakers have not clinched the play-in and they have not clinched the sixth seed yet. And that's a whole lot. And then also clinching the, the play-in, the Warriors, Grizzlies, but not clinched yet. The Spurs sitting at sixteen and or thirty-three and thirty-six on the season, which is sixteen and a half games back, or two games ahead of the Sacramento Kings at thirty-one and thirty-eight. So there's a whole lot of moving parts in this one. And DJ, we just got off a color cast quadruple header, calling NBA games. But did we? Do you? Did you? Did you expect this type of a run down the stretch for all these teams in this tournament, to for the play-in tournament and the playoffs? Did you expect this much excitement? This play-in tournament is the best thing that happened for us, but the worst thing that happened for the seven, eight seeds. Like right now for the Lakers and the Warriors, this is absolutely miserable. And then like you're looking at the East, for the Celtics and the Hornets, this is absolutely terrible. They hate every single minute of this because they are not in the playoffs technically yet. They, like the Celtics, for example, who just lost to the Cavaliers, who had lost like, what was it, 12 games in a row too? <laughs> yeah. For the Celtics, they're reeling, especially with Jalen Brown being out. And now even if you can hold on to this box, you have a two-game lead over the Hornets, it looks like. You have to play the Hornets for even a chance to get for a chance, basically. And if you lose to the Hornets, you'll have to play the Wizards Pacers or the whoever wins between the Wizards and the Pacers. Like if you're the Celtics being the seventh seed, it's bad luck and you can't climb up. You're kind of stuck there because the Knicks are three games ahead. Then like the first six in the East are pretty much set. Those Sixers can move around in the play in tournament. It's pretty much set as well too. like the Wizards have to lose out. The Bulls would have to climb up like very unlikely. So the East is kind of set. And you know who it's going to play in Celtics Hornets. That's it. 
Kind of an interesting matchup because the Hornets seem to be getting a little bit healthier, really young team. We actually did one of their games too, and we saw that what they are capable of, they can go on runs. LaMelo, all of them, and when Gordon Hayward gets healthy. The Celtics, we've done one of their games as well too, but losing four in a row, not having Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum's kind of all you, all you have left because Kemba Walker's in and out. Like that's a, that's rough if you're the Celtics. Like it's not looking, it's not looking too good in the Pacers. They're, they're Jekyll and Hyde. You really have no idea what you're getting with them. Like night in and out, it's like, oh, one minute is a bonus giving you a triple-double and you're dropping 140. Oh, the next minute you're at like 90 points and nobody knows where anybody is. Like, Karis LeVert sometimes on fire, sometimes a little cold. He's still getting used to that being a number one scoring option type load to go with Sabonis. And one minute it feels like they're tanking. The next minute they're in the playoff hunt. So Pacers are a weird team. And speaking of teams we thought were tanking, the Washington Wizards, Willed by Russell Westbrook and his triple-double <laughs> machine that he is. Fighting all the way to all but virtually clinching the play-in spot. And none of these three teams we just talked about want to deal with that smoke, especially when Bradley Beal comes back, who's within a full point of being the scoring champion. And you know, a little bit of trash talk with him and Kent Bazemore over him and Steph Curry and stuff like that on Twitter. Bradley Beal is going to come back firing to get them in the playoffs to go along with Westbrook. So the Wizards are the team I think a lot of these guys are looking back like, no, thank you. Not that backcourt. No, sir. That's possibly the leading assist guy and possibly the leading scorer in one backcourt. Uh-uh. Keep them away from me. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you talk about this Eastern Conference. I, I, I do want to pose a question to you. Do you think this play-in game is actually decent for a different standpoint? Like, it doesn't allow teams to back themselves into the playoffs, especially those 7-8 seeds that we see do it all the time, where they clinch early, but then they back in. Like, looking at the Celtics right now, of their last 10, they're 3-7. and seven. Like, does it penalize a team like that, whereas the teams above them have all in their last 10 have a over 500 record? The Knicks and Hawks both are 6-4 and four, along with the Nets are 6-4, and four, but everybody else is even better than that. Like, is it a way to penalize teams that are, that are, are you know, Celtics obviously lost Jalen Brown, so that obviously affects a lot of them, but does it penalize teams for not finishing their season strong? I love it, and I think the main idea for it, too, was like, we saw a lot of load management, a lot of resting. Like that was kind of a thing that plagues the NBA because it's a long season. Like we see a little, and there's, it's not like baseball where you have like 17 different pitchers. You kind of rotate through as well too, or anything like that. You can play like three games in two days with baseball because you were rotating pitchers, that sort of thing too. You could rotate different outfielders if needed. Basketball, you can't really do that as much. So they were do it because you don't have 40 man rosters. So you see a lot of load management. Teams clinch and they rest or they coast the rest away. I think the playing tournament was to try and, eliminate as much of that as you can obviously you're never gonna stop the top one two three seeds if they clinch by five games there's they're gonna rest their guys if they want to which look at the standings nobody's done that this year which has been made it really interesting but i think the plan tournament basically means every game counts it gives a team like the wizards who look dead in the water trade bradley beal hashtag russell westbrook's washed hashtag all this stuff suddenly they're dangerous and even looking like the sixers the nets the bucks they're looking down like we'd much rather play the Pacers or the Celtics or the Hornets than to deal with that potential juggernaut. Like it's a seven game series. So I'd take either one of those three ahead of him. But if you're the Nets to a team that kind of struggles on the defensive end, that could put them up in bunches. They could put up points like nobody else. Like they're the best offense in the, in the game statistically. But if you get a little stagnant on defense and you have those two coming into town and then guys that could kind of match up with your backcourt, they obviously can't guard Kevin Durant. So Kevin Durant will, he, if he wants to, he will win that series just fine by himself. But backcourt wise that team matches up with them very very wellly so i think i like it from that standpoint in the eastern conference we'll talk about the west here in a little bit and what i think it means there but it spices up the east for a team like the wizards that has come 
out of nowhere, basically. And it seems like the Pacers and the Celtics who are reeling a little bit. It's like, well, it, well, mostly the Celtics, honestly, but it's kind of like, well, that kind of sucks for you. Sorry. But like, it, it's rewarding a team that's playing right. Like they want, should be in the playoffs as opposed to the Celtics getting in there, then getting swept by the nets or the Sixers or getting gentlemen swept because they've been falling apart. Basically we see it several times throughout. You could just go back every year. You could probably find a team that barely creeps in and then gets toasted. Like, yeah. so that's what I like about this thing as well too. And looking at the Eastern conference, like those top six Caesar, the Knicks, not only did they finally get back in the playoffs, they managed to avoid the play-in tournament. They got into the playoffs with some extra spice on top of it with the best defense in the game. And they looks like they're probably going to play. looks like the Milwaukee Bucks, too. And one of the That's a heck of a matchup. Looks like we're going to have Heat Hawks if things hold true. That's a fun matchup, too, especially the Heat getting healthy. And that Hawks team, what they've been able to do this year, we called one of their games when going against Russell Westbrook for the triple-double. That was That's an amazing game. The Wizards and either the South... Celtics, the Hornets, the Pacers, one of those four, two of those four teams taken on the Nets and the Sixers. I like this. I really like this playing tournaments in the Eastern Conference. It's fun. There's been a lot of talk about the Eastern Conference the last few years. Not so much this year. I think those top six teams can compete in the West, even if the West is probably a little bit deeper with better teams. Their bottom half is better. Those top half teams are not to be messed with. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I've, I've obviously listened to a bunch of color cast games that, that we even we weren't doing. Um, just to listen to some of our, you know, competition, if you will. And I will say this, there's even some people that watch basketball religiously that don't understand how good this Eastern Conference is from 1 to 10. Because right now, you talk about number 10 being the Wizards, you talk about that team with Russell Westbrook. Obviously, I'm a, I guess maybe I, I look at it because I put him in the top 10 of current players in the NBA this season, preseason, and he's making me look smart for once. Because I finally I mean, did something. Well, you leave it off Bradley Beal, though. I mean, well, that's a okay, different story. We'll I mean, leave that alone. Bradley out of your top 15. He was 12. You know what? That's okay. But uh, you say so. Yeah. Anyways, but no, I I look at it and I'm like, you know, number ten, you take Russ Westbrook and, and Bradley Bill. You don't want to deal with that duo. The Pacers, obviously, you mentioned Karis LeVert, hot and cold. But when he's on his game and Sabonis is on his game, and Miles Turner playing defense, that's a team you don't want to match up with. The Hornets. I mean, goodness, Lamelo, Gordon Hayward. What scary Terry is able to do. I mean, absolutely a firecracker on offense, Terry Rozier is. And then you have P.J. Washington just bodying people down low. And you know what? Cody Zeller coming off the bench is an absolute spark for this team, and that is a terrifying matchup for anybody, especially a team like the Celtics, who you just lose Jalen Brown. Your bench is kind of weak. Can you get enough from Kemba Walker and and Jason Tatum to push your way through this this playing tournament? And that's – I don't know if they do, but I mean, just those four alone, if I'm above them in a, in a game that momentum is such a big deal, like basketball and how momentum plays such a big part of it. If a team like the Wizards who are rolling right now can push their way through this playoffs, or the, let's say the Hornets beat the Celtics in the first game to get the seven seed. And then the Wizards beat the Pacers. They match up against the Celtics team. The Celtics are like, all right, we just got to win. We're playing the number 10 seed. We just got to win. They're thinking in their heads they can do it, but this Wizards team is absolutely rolling, and they take they beat two teams to get into the playoffs in this eight seed, and you're the 76ers who's been at home just watching this, and yeah, you have Ben Simmons. Yeah, you have Joel Embiid, but can you match up with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill's scoring output when they are on a roll? I don't know, and that is going to be very interesting to see in this Eastern Conference, really, from top to bottom. I, I love everything this Eastern Conference is doing right now. Because it is a lot of excitement. 
but that's just the Eastern Conference. We still got the Western Conference to look at. Where, <laughs> oh my, how the how the turntables have turned too. Looking at the top, the Utah Jazz, presumably the number one seed, not just in the West but in the league, like yeah. fifty and twenty, uh, game and a half uh, above the surprise, even more surprising number two seed, the Phoenix Suns, who only I predicted to be this good. I'm just saying. Like, just <laughs> no, yeah, you're exactly right. They are forty-eight and twenty-one. Like they're they're a lock. The Clippers, forty-six twenty. Like they're probably the third seed, the Nuggets, who our NBA, our NBA guest, Devin, actually predicted Jokic as the MVP before the season started. And he looks like he's spot on with that one, depending on – but it honestly should be him. I don't see there's a whole lot of change at this point, but anything could happen. But it feels like he's – Damian Lillard and the Trailblazers climbing from the depths of – just the depths. I mean, that's honestly not what I was going to say. So now the fifth seed and just winning today too, beating the Jazz and possibly able to climb into a – Probably not going to get the fourth seed by the looks of it. They're too far for that, but they could clinch a fifth seed and avoid all the playing tournament. Behind a Damian Lillard MVP-like season as well, too, on top of it. Dallas Mavericks with Luka, they were dead in the water for like the first month and a half or so. They, they were the 25th seed or something ridiculous like that of all teams. Now they look like they've avoided the playing. They've all but avoided the playing tournament themselves. And of course, now we've been kind of delaying to get to this one, but here we are, the Los Angeles Lakers, with LeBron and AD usually, but not so much the last month and a half. The defending champs in the play-in tournament. No way out of it, really, at this point. Like, they, they're they virtually stuck. They're going to be in either the seventh or the eighth seed at this point, it feels like. It looks like they might be able to climb into sixth. So it, it's like it's possible, but for all intents and purposes, the seventh seed Lakers basically fighting against the Golden State Warriors for their – not just to get – not in the playoffs, to get into the playoffs. Steph and LeBron, the finals matchup for – of half a damn decade straight it seemed like actually it almost was going head to head just to get into the playoffs then the John Moran Grizzlies taking on maybe the San Antonio Spurs who are falling apart maybe the Sacramento Kings the upstart Kings who knows that's us to play out as well too so this west is absolutely filthy and if you're the Jazz you're looking down like all right as long as I don't have to play the Lakers I feel comfortable if you're the Suns you're like anybody but the Lakers somebody like maybe maybe not going state either but it's interesting because if you're the one and two seed you're looking down like huh our toughest matchup could be our first round matchup. Great. Yeah. And and you mentioned the Trailblazers. They are nine and one in their last 10 games. They have literally taken themselves from the play-in tournament to a fifth seed potential clinching game. And they can actually clinch that game with a win over the, the Suns tomorrow. And and mind you, a loss from the Lakers on Saturday, who by the way played the Pacers. Should be a good matchup. So Lakers finish out with the Pacers and then the Pelicans which is probably the easiest road of any of the teams there in that stretch. I look at the Mavericks, who are also tied with the Timberwolves. They play in the Timber, the, the or sorry, they're, they're tied with the Trailblazers. They play the Timberwolves on Sunday to finish out their season. But before that, they are playing the Raptors at home on Friday in a very good game. And you talk about the Kings. The Kings have a very interesting schedule. They have back-to-back with the Grizzlies Thursday and Friday matchups which can quite literally decide whether or not they make a play-in game. The, the Grizzlies are clinching the play-in spot. However, if the Kings are able to beat the Grizzlies in both of those games, that is two games they just won. And the Spurs, on the other hand, the team they're trying to jump and overcome, well, they don't have it too easy. They have the Knicks on Thursday night, and then they have the Suns at home on Saturday in a very rough game. I do not look forward to that one. And they, the, the Warriors-Grizzlies – could potentially be battling it out for that eight seed 
come Sunday in the last game. And there's a whole lot of matchups at the bottom of this West that are just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. What, where do I look? How do I look? How do I, what, what do I do? And I, I'm so excited for this run. I mean, it's, it's been a lot of fun to watch. And we talk about teams that are just struggling or momentum involved. The Portland Trailblazers, 9-1 and one over the last 10. The Mavericks, 8-2. and two. The Lakers, well, as you mentioned, without AD and LeBron, 5-5 five and five over the last 10. Not been good. The Spurs, 3-7 and seven over the last 10. The Kings, 7-3 and three over the last 10. So we see teams that are riding this momentum wave trying to sneak themselves into the playoffs, and it's a whole lot of fun to watch. Absolutely, too. And if you're the Suns and the Jazz, I mentioned it, too. Like, you might have to play the Steph Curry-led Warriors when Steph Curry has been shooting absolutely outside of his mind. He has been on fire for the last month or so. You might have to deal with that with all their championship pedigree as well. Or you get the defending champion Lakers with LeBron and AD. That might you finally clinch that once so you got all this home court advantage all the way through, and it's gone. You have yeah. the toughest matchup right out of the gate. And if you're the Suns too, you finally break through. You did it. You won as many games this year as you won the last two years combined. With, and you end up getting one of those two teams as well too. If you're, <laughs> and then looking at the matchups too, the Clippers probably taking on the Mavericks. That was a really good series last year in the matchup. The Clippers won four two, but Luka hit the game winning buzzer beater in one of the games too. Like it's always a fun matchup too playoff playoff paul george how does he's had a really good season this far but do his playoff woes come back or is this a new new season they have rajon rondo now too who's we know rajon rondo there's playoff rondo that's a thing yeah. so we'll see how he affects the team this year and the nuggets and the blazers the four five matchup that probably the two leaders for mvp in my opinion going at it dame lillard cj mccollum's healthy Nurkic going with Jokic. that's a fun match if the only thing that make it better is if jamal murray was healthy then you'd have the dynamic backcourt as well too but that's a that's a fun match. michael porter jr as well too who has stepped up carmelo anthony back in the playoffs that's returning that's a fun first one returning to denver who would be hosting that series as well that could absolutely be absolutely to it granted it's been like 13 years since Melo has played for denver but it's still always there like that real as, denver fans remember braided carmelo for the nuggets i was about to say as far into the bench has taught us denver fans never forget uh when carmelo was there and that fiasco with him leaving so um, the Nuggets, uh, yeah, that should be a very fun one for Nuggets fans down the road, too, to watch. Um, and and let's be honest, there's a potential there that the Lakers can maybe slip into six and the Mavericks slide down, and they're one of those teams that the teams that the Suns or Jazz have to play. And that's crazy. But more importantly, the Clippers then play the Lakers in the first round. And that's a talk about an insane series. That could be a whole lot of craziness at one game. I can't wait. Like, this, there is so many matchups to be had. This is... The most wonderful time of the year for sports, it feels like, too, with the NFL schedule being released and now this NBA playoff thing. I can't wait. We're going to be in color casting a lot of these games as well, too. So definitely tune in. Follow us along for those. Those are going to be an absolute blast. I, we're going to have to get a lot of honey and tea because I feel like some of these games are going to be absolute barn burns. We might lose our voice by the end of the first quarter. Yeah, if you guys ever want to donate, uh, our Cash App link is in our, uh, is in our link tree. Feel free to donate for honey and tea uh, because we're going to need tons of it to get ready for this color cast comp tournament we just did a quadruple header i'm still recovering and it's a couple days later i know I, i've had honey and tea both <laughs> every day so far but i'm still not fully recovered from it and i know it's going to be even crazier once playoffs start because we have two months worth of nba basketball games to call and i'm so excited for it i can't wait to and as we transition into our last segment we're going to begin to wrap things up we want to go into a segment we call crunch time it's just a couple minutes where we can go on rants recaps predictions statements anything we can get to go earlier and this one is actually brought to you by the aforementioned color cast if you haven't heard about it yet check check out our twitter page there's a link in there it's basically a 
fan powered audio app for sports. You don't like the current, you don't like play by play you hear on TV, check in there, sync it up, listen to other people call it for you, jump in the comment section, talk trash, hang out. If you can't watch the game, you're at work or something, you could listen to it like the radio as well, too. It's a fantastic app that gives everybody a voice. Absolutely. I love it. It gives us the opportunity. We've called an NFL playoff game, we've called NBA All Star game, we've called all sorts of different different opportunity games that we have never had the opportunity to otherwise. And it's been a whole lot of fun. And by the way, we are obviously not video people. So we are vocal voices. We My face was not made for, for TV. So obviously you I can imagine. Pod, you definitely have a radio face and a podcast body. So I think you're pretty, I think this is perfect for you. I appreciate it, man. It is a, uh, it's, it look, it's color cast. A lot of fun. Obviously check it out. The link is in our bio. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a whole lot of fun. And, and shout out to Evan from, uh, from color cast. Obviously he reached out to us a while back to even get us involved with this. And, and we love every single moment of it. But DJ, I'll let you go first. This is a uh, crunch time, man. Uh, it's it's that moment. What do you what do you got on your mind? So I don't have a rant or a ranking or anything too dramatic. What I do want to do is take a few seconds to point out the upcoming UFC main event coming up this week. The fight card as a whole is not that great necessarily. It's not an absolute banger. It's not like some of the color cast ones we've done recently. But the main event features the vacant lightweight title on the belt as Charles Oliveira, who has been an absolute. We talked about what the, the tear that the Portland Trailblazers have been on. That's basically what Charles Oliveira has been do, been doing in his last 10 fights. He's, I think, 9-1 and one in his last 10 fights, just like the Trailblazers are in the last 10 games. He is one of the most dangerous fighters in that division. Tall, lengthy submission artist that, that's developed a stand-up game. And Michael Chandler, the new kid on the block, comes in from Bellator after being considered arguably the best fighter outside the UFC. Explosive, compact wrestler, pure muscle hamster, to say the least. Comes in and starches a top 10 guy in his de- debut in the first 90-ish seconds or so of the fight. So this is an absolute barn burner of a fight. The winner will be the new lightweight champion and will probably face the winner of Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier coming up, which is Dustin Poirier is arguably right now the best fighter in, in, light, in lightweight division right now considering his resume as well as his win streak. And he's ranked number one on top of that too. So that's going to be an absolute fun matchup. And Charles Oliveira is the type of guy as soon as he touches you, you are in danger. Doesn't matter. He can strangle you. He could throw you. He can knock you out. But he has just being touched by him is terrifying because you don't know what he's going to do to you. Even though he's some guys, you know, they're terrifying because they punch hard like Francis Ngannou or someone who's an absolute submission artist like Damian Maya. Charles Oliver, you don't know what he's going to do to you, and it is terrifying. And Michael Chandler, the, his ability to go from point A to point B before I can finish saying from point A to point B is absolutely insane how much distance he covers for such a short, powerful, compact fighter with that packs a true punch to go with his explosive wrestling background. So that's a fight I can't wait to see. One of the best. This is like a, this is like the Trailblazers and the Nuggets, but in fight form, and I can't wait to see it. But now, we're, as it is crunch time, we mentioned this is the final chance to get something off our chest. And Kelsey, it looks like you got a big Tebow-sized steak on your chest. You just can't wait to get off. You get, it looks like you're ready for a rant. Yeah, I, I, you know what? There's it has long been known my despise of Tim Tebow getting some opportunities he has never deserved. I talked about baseball. Fun fact: Tim Tebow had a longer baseball career than he did in the NFL. Played five seasons in minor league baseball. By the way, never hit above 300. Best season he had: he hit 273 with six home runs and one triple, 14 doubles. Uh, by the way, he he struck out quite literally almost 68 times, which was half of his at-bats. Um, terrible, by the way, if you're wondering if that's how that works out. Uh, and then he got a chance to go to AAA Syracuse, and he played in the in the, in the the spring training for the Mets. Uh, looked absolutely atrocious. 
Kinnan won 63 in his last season, which was 2019. He has been out of professional sports for two seasons up to this point. He was invited to play for the Philippines national team in the World Baseball Classic. That obviously got canceled due to COVID-19 pandemic uh, because they were just trying to qualify. And, and honestly, they probably weren't even going to qualify. That's just not a good team. Now, he had a three-season-long NFL career. Three seasons. Where the most amount of touchdowns he accounted for in a season just so happened to be 18. 18 total touchdowns in one season was all he accounted for. For a combined, I believe is somewhere like 25 total touchdowns in his career. And now this man, who was a quarterback, who did not run away from people, who only liked to run over people, but yet he couldn't block anybody to be, save his life, is going to go and play tight end for Jacksonville. Whether he makes the team or not is still up for debate. I don't get it. How does one man get so many opportunities at 33? 33, the man is older than me. He has way less health than I do because he has been playing a game that literally knocks you out every single time in a most for a position in quarterback where you get hit the most, and he drops his head on every time he gets a hit and gets hit in the head the most. The dude played with so many concussions in Florida, it's, it's inconceivable how, that he has the opportunity to come back and play tight end in the pros. He has talked about the CTE, the, the headaches, the, the migraines, and everything in his, in his preparation for baseball. And now here he is trying to play football again in an even more physical position where he's going to be playing against people who are 285-plus pounds trying to take his head off again. But this time, he's not going to be protected. He has no protection rules at tight end. The guy doesn't deserve this opportunity. There are 14 better free agent tight ends on the market today that I would take over giving Tim Tebow an opportunity to play for my franchise. And I will say it this way, and I will die on this hill. Tim Tebow is only given this opportunity because of Urban Meyer, and it is the worst decision of the Jaguars to ever bring in Tim Tebow when you have Trevor Lawrence coming in and all of the fiasco that comes with with getting Tim Tebow. You are destroying Justin or Trevor Lawrence up till this point because it's already going to be a media circus with Trevor Lawrence. You had in the Tim Tebow media circus, who, by the way, let's not forget, Tim Tebow was literally covered for three weeks straight on major media outlets because he ran around with his shirt off during the rain in Jets preseason practices. And now you're going to add that fiasco into Jacksonville where you already have a media media fiasco happening with Trevor Lawrence. This is a terrible decision for the Jaguars. I don't know why they're doing this. I don't know what Urban Meyer is trying to think because now Trevor Lawrence doesn't just have to ask the question, how's your progression going? He now has to answer the question of, well, how's Tim Tebow? Do you, do you worry about Tim Tebow potentially taking your job? To which, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I laugh at the, the consideration. But the fact is he has to devote his brain power to that instead of learning your brand new offense from Urban Meyer. And that's it. I'm done. I, I, hate, I hate this whole thing with Tim Tebow, and I'm, I'm going to stop myself there because I could go on for hours. What we're going to do is we're going to chime in one thing. How many touchdowns did you say he accounted for the most in a season? 17? Uh, that was the eight, most he had in a season? 18 total. Six rushing, 12, 12 passing. Cam Newton, who everyone said was terrible last year, accounted for 20 with eight passing in, 12 rushing. For Just for context, too. Like a guy that everyone said was terrible and needs to be replaced last year accounted for 20. Yeah. In an offense where his best receiver was Demir Bird, I believe. Like, yeah. that's all that I rest my case. Just kind of adding on to your point as well, too. He, like, he also he also had 13 fumbles that season, by the way. So, uh, yeah. So, does it equal out is the question. And that's not including his six interceptions because obviously he won't be throwing the ball as a tight end, but carrying the ball is something he will be doing. He sucks at it. 
He had 13 fumbles in one season. That's insane. That's uh... And then, of course, they're going to try and mix him at – are they going to try and mix him at quarterback? Do you take Trevor Lawrence off the field in that case? Like, that's – it's going to be – We'll see how it works out if he even makes a team. We got to see if he even makes a team first, but it's hard to see Urban Meyer cutting his boy like that. So we'll see. Look, he de- the, Tim Tebow definitely did have a killer mentor at Florida to learn how to play tight end from, though. That's for sure. That is okay. But let's just put it this way. I'm going to say this. Tim Tebow has made close to $300 million from sponsorships and broadcasting and his appearance in a film. His total career earnings in the NFL and MLB account for less than 3% of his other total earnings. Why are you trying to kill yourself, Tim Tebow? Just go and look pretty on TV and go enjoy your supermodel wife. That's all you have to do. You have enough money. You can bring whatever you want to bring to any other place in the world. Why are you trying to kill yourself and taking opportunities away from better players who deserve the opportunity and there's guys in the spring league that I'd even give an opportunity over this. I'd give Sal Canella, who was the MVP of the spring league championship game, an opportunity over Tim Tebow. Easy. That kid can play too. Exactly. I mean, you don't just set records in a football league in a season as a tight end and not be able to play the game. And anybody who thinks Tim Tebow deserves this opportunity or this is a good move, I'll tell you this factually 100%. Take your bias and shove it because you that's the only reason you think this is a good decision. You're either a Jacksonville Jaguars fanboy who loves all the hate, Jim, I am 100% talking to you, or you're a Florida Gators fan and you cannot get over those those glory years of him crying on the microphone saying that I will not lose another game and then going and proving it, but you don't realize he's trying to play a different position. He's not the same guy. This is not the same opportunity. You're not going to get that Tim Tebow anymore. As you have clearly mentioned, and before we continue letting you can go on this for hours. So we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and cut it off right there, too. That'll do it for this episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. Go ahead and follow our Twitter page. We got more color cast events coming up. Once we get the times, we'll get those tweeted out as well, too. Plenty more good good episodes coming up too. A lot of fun sports things coming up. Kelsey, any final words real quick? Nah, man, I can't wait for color cast and the NBA playoffs this year. It'll be fun to so be sure to tune into those. And until next time, guys, we'll see you later. I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.